North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. going on guys welcome back to another episode of dr low radio how is it going i hope you're having a wonderful week so far and you are enjoying 2017 as much as i am i just love just the feel of 2017 it just feels good and i feel like i learned a lot that i really needed to learn last year and so um just enjoying it running a little smoother so far And um, I think a big part of that is maybe just mindset of just deciding to let things be a bit sweeter. And I don't know about you guys, but I know how sometimes we can get caught up in our to-do list and just being productive and getting things done. And, or maybe that our days are just so overwhelming and so intense that when we come home, we just want to unplug and just zone out and maybe watch some TV or just mindlessly get lost in social media because it's just you don't have to think too much. And I, I really get that. But when, when, you know, hours turn into days and weeks and months, and that's how it is day to day. I think that life isn't so fun when you put it all together like that. So I realized that for myself last year, I was becoming very much concerned on being productive and getting things done. And it was a very fruitful year. We were very successful and helped a lot of people and reach a lot of people with the podcast. And and to be honest with it, with you, by the end of the day, I was feeling so tired that I just wondered what it was all for. And so one of the words that I'm incorporating for my year is sweetness. And it actually was uh, inspired from the book, The Well Life. I had um, the Bortons on my show a few weeks back talking about this book, The Well Life, which I'm still reading and I am just enjoying it and actually reading it really slowly because I'm savoring it and I'm wanting to just you know, really enjoy it. So, but a part of their book is talking about just the sweetness of different aspects of your life. And so that's what I've been really incorporating a lot more this year is just enjoying the sweetness, taking time to just really talk to people and kind of move a little slower. Uh, currently right now I'm in, I'm in Thailand and it's been a beautiful reminder of just moving a little bit slower, taking time to talk to people and just don't be so concerned with being productive and you know, just being more, more of a human, I would say. So it's been a good refresher. And I don't know. I just felt inclined to share that with you guys so that that might be speaking to you. So, um, anyways, if you are new to the show, welcome. It's so good to have you. And if you have been with me for years and years, wait a second, what day is it? Wow. I just had this realization night. We just surpassed 
uh, six years of doing the show together. So it's pretty exciting. And I will say when the show first started, there weren't a lot of podcasts that were really around. I mean, some people don't even know what podcasts are now, but people are just starting to really get into it, I think. So we've been doing this thing for six years. It's, it's amazing. I'm so proud of the growth and the progression and so much more to come this year. I'm just so excited. I actually recently joined a mastermind group uh, with Lewis Howes, who's going to be coming on the show very soon to talk about all the things, all the things he's created. But um, you guys probably know of him over at School of Greatness. If you haven't heard the show School of Greatness, definitely check it out. But I'm excited to be joining his mastermind this year with a bunch of just powerhouses. I know Lori Harder over at Earn Your Happy is part of the group and John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire. So, I mean, these guys are just heavy hitter podcasters who are just doing so many amazing things in the world. And I know it; they're only going to be a great influence. I'm very excited about what's going to come out of, out of the podcast um, world for us this year. I think it's going to be really, really fun. And one thing I've been saying for a while, I know I've been saying it is to do video. So that is all in the works. And before we jump into the heart of the show, I want to give some love over to our sponsor, Organifi. Organifi is helping to make this show even more possible for you. And they are also really hooking me up with some awesome juice. They are, I think, a big reason why I've stayed so healthy in the last several months. And I've been juggling so much. And especially through my travels through Thailand, I've been drinking it every day and it's been really helping me to stay on point. I think anyone who has a busy travel life, especially if you travel for work, you should be doing one of these every single day because you're exposed to so much crap on the planes. I mean, they use pesticides to to clean planes. So if you travel a lot, you've got to be doing a green juice every day. And let's just be realistic. You're not going to do that while you're traveling because you're not going to carry a blender and there's nothing like that at airports. So just give yourself a little bit of insurance policy and, and take these with you. And I just think anyone in general really can really benefit from one of these green drinks because our world is increasingly toxic and we get to stack things up in our favor to continue detoxing and staying on top of our game. So I love Organifi. You can get yours over at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And only for my listeners, you get 20% off your order when you enter Dr. Lowe at checkout. So that's a coupon code, Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O at checkout. All right, y'all, let's jump into the show. Um, This show tonight is, I would say, especially geared towards health professionals for sure, or if you are a medical student. And I would say it also pertains to anyone who is interested in um, understanding more about what the current look at healthcare is in our country, where it's headed. And if you want to be a part of change, then this is a show to listen to because our current healthcare system is not working and there are many reasons why. My guest tonight breaks down the problem and what we can be doing to solving it because we're all about solutions, not just talking about problems. So let's jump into the show. I hope you enjoy. All right. We are back on the show with a very special guest. I'm really excited to have him with you guys tonight. And this is a good friend of mine. We have James Maskell in the building. He is the creator of the Functional Forum, which is the world's largest integrative medicine conference. He lectures internationally. He's been featured on TED Med, Huffington Post Live, and TEDx. And his recent book, The Evolution of Medicine, was downloaded 50,000 times in its first week. He lives in Venice Beach with his wife and daughter, and they are amazing and adorable. And I'm very honored to call him my friend. James, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Lowe's Show. 
Great to be on Dr. Low Radio. I can take it off my bucket list. <laughs> it's a very big deal. It really is. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's cool. I know I wanted to have you on for a while, so I'm excited that this book kind of you know, gave me that uh, real motivation to get you on to talk about this, this project that you've been doing. And, and by the way, as I mentioned before we started uh, recording, you're a really good freaking writer. Like I was, I was, I wasn't surprised because I probably would have expected that, but it was really cool to see your style of writing and, and something like kind of the, the nature of medicine now, and it can be a little depressing. So to be able to bring really good writing to the topic and make it fun to read was, was great. So, so if you guys listening, um, his book is called the evolution of medicine and it gives a real, um, it's, it's like a reality check of where medicine is now in our country. And I think a lot of my guests are in the natural medicine world, maybe already in the functional medicine world. So sometimes we can get in a little bit of a bubble and not really see the real reality of how healthcare is right now. We may see it on the news and, you know, get little reality checks like that, but we're not, not really in that system, a lot, of, a lot of us. So I love that you are bringing some, some real light to this subject because it's a really big deal. And and this is going to continue on a certain track if we don't change things up. So um, before we jump into all that stuff, though, I want to just get to know you a little bit more. Obviously, you have a really cool accent. You're not from the U.S. originally, it sounds like. So give us a little bit of background about you personally. What brought you into this world and also into kind of the, the, this, you know, the, the reality of how medicine looks now? Yeah, so um, as you can probably tell from my accent, I was also born in Colorado, just like you, <laughs> Noel. I was born in Loveland, Colorado, um, to British South African parents. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was born in Loveland. Wow. And, um, you know, my parents were here, um, you know, just uh, working. And uh, so I was born here, <clears throat> but I grew up in England and South Africa. My dad lives still in South Africa now. And, uh, yeah, I went to university all through in England and... Uh, but I always had the American passport, and so I, I, my first job out of university, I was an investment banker. I just sort of went down the road that people go down to like, oh, how can I make the most money? How can I pay back my student debt? And after about six months, I just realized I was playing for the wrong team, and this is not what I wanted to do with my life. And I, you know, I had always been the weird kid at school that did natural medicine. I had a homeopath. I had a chiropractor. This was like in the time before those things were really known. I was like the only kid at school where my parents had to be consulted before I was given antibiotics, which, you know, to this, at this day, looking back 35 years, it's pretty cool, actually, that my parents knew all that. And you'd have to wonder, like, how did my parents know about antibiotic resistance when they had no training and antibiotics didn't even exist yet? And, you know, that's just, an un, you know, they had an understanding of, of holism, I think, that, you know, permeated... Um, you know, permeated their lives in the way that they understood and looked at the world. And I was sort of definitely brought up with that. So 11 years ago, I quit being a banker. And my cousin had been in the spa industry and he'd done really well in America um, in the sort of day spa, resort spa world. But he sort of convinced me that the future of medicine was going to look a bit more like that. And a bit less like what we saw right now mm -hmm. um, and in the medical sphere. And I decided to just go. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to do my own thing. And I knew that I would have to learn um, something about business and sales and marketing and all that stuff along the way. So in 2005, I quit. The first practice I, had to, I worked in was just an amazing example of the future of medicine. It was naturopathic medicine delivered in sort of like a spa environment. And I saw things there like people reversing their diseases, getting themselves better, you know, that, that I couldn't forget. And then um, my first real job 
that was in Georgia. I lived in Georgia for a year and a half. And then I started, I was a sales rep, basically, and I was selling stuff to doctors like yourself. I would go and meet naturopathic doctors, other, you know, types of doctors, specialists. I'd meet chiropractors, acupuncturists, all who were, you know, doing um, modalities that are, you know, considered integrated medicine. And through that journey, uh, you know, I guess I didn't really know where I was going with it, but I really realized that I wanted to sort of help to infuse that into medicine. Because in my economics training at university, it was like the biggest joke that American medicine was spending three times as much as everyone else, and yet the health outcomes were not even going up, but going down. And so there was this like, you know, this riddle, which was, you know, at at a certain point, you keep um, spending more, investing more into medicine um, in America, and the, you know, the outcomes don't even get better, they start getting worse. And so what is causing that riddle and how can we, how can we get health outcomes going in the right direction? Because America sort of led the world, if you look in the, the middle of the 20th century, um, you know, in terms of medical innovation and people still, other countries still look at America as having the best healthcare system. But if you look at the outcomes, it's nowhere near that. Pediatric infant mortality, it's, uh, we're 56 in the world. Uh, healthcare cost expenditure, it's like two and a half times anyone else. And so, you know, I just, I was involved in this world and just sort of building my understanding of it. And then about 2010, I heard about, well, 2011, I heard about functional medicine for the first time. And and functional medicine, you know, I thought was interesting just because it included a lot of the ideals of of naturopathic medicine and integrated medicine. But the thing that that really got me excited was that there was a reproducible system. It was scientific enough for like MDs to do it. And also there was a reproducible system for training new doctors. And so, you know, one of the things I saw is that the barriers to entry to do functional medicine were just too big. And that's how the Functional Forum started, which is the show. We started as a community for doctors in New York, bringing doctors who were interested in functional medicine, who were doing functional medicine, naturopathic doctors. We brought them all together for a meetup. And we started a a 90-minute show. And that is the Functional Forum. And we've done to this day... 33 episodes of the show, um, and it's just been about how do we showcase the best clinical talent, and then how do we have a conversation about the best way to deliver this kind of care, and, um, you know, that's what we've been doing for the last three years, and then this year, we sort of, you know, building the community, um, we've got now 200 meetup groups of, of, of groups around the world that get together as physicians and practitioners to get together to watch the show every month. So it's, you know, we, we've built these communities all around the world. But the goal of the organization is to, you know, if you look at the name, the evolution of medicine, how do we help medicine adapt to its new environment? The environment that medicine was created in in the 20th century is very different than the environment we have now. We did really well with acute disease. Um, we sort of, you know, dominated acute disease effectively. But the side effect of that is that we have not done well with non-communicable and chronic diseases at all. And that's what's causing the massive increase in cost. That's what's causing the, bat, you know, the, the, the um, lowering in outcomes. And so, yeah, that's, you know, that's the purpose. And what, so the purpose of the organization is to help medicine adapt to its new environment. And we feel that uh, a, a nationwide network of functional medicine doctors that are the new standard for primary care Will be, you know, the, will be the solution to this by solving these chronic diseases that get really expensive the longer that you leave them and, and deal with them in a primary care setting. So, for instance, don't wait for the diabetic neuropathy 
deal with the insulins and sensitivity five years ago. And that's really where, where we see the future of medicine going. Mm, so incredibly important. And like you said, we spend so much more money on healthcare, and yet we are, are we the sickest country in the world in terms of chronic disease? I mean, where do we score in terms of that? I mean, it's, there's no numbers that look that good for America, honestly. Right. I mean, it seems actually that uh, speaking the English language is a pretty serious contributor to chronic disease because if you look at all the countries that right. have the worst chronic diseases like England, America, Australia, you know, so, yeah, wow. but, you know, America's, America's if not the worst, then, then the worst, then close to the worst. So we talk about, you talk about in your book just how much money is being spent on chronic disease. How much of the cost of healthcare is due to preventable diseases? Do we know that? It's hard, to, it's hard to know, but it's definitely high. I mean, some people say 70, some people say 90. It just really depends on how you view the other costs that are associated sort of downstream with it. But it's somewhere in that ballpark. And so, you know, you have to think if that percentage of, of medical costs are preventable, you know, what are we actually doing to go upstream and prevent those? Because right. it's not just something that is going to happen. You know, primary prevention is not really an interesting business model, but secondary prevention is where you can actually, you know, uh, determine it. And, you know, one of the things that I, I did in my book was rather than just say, hey, everyone needs to be doing functional medicine because James Maskell says so, sort of more work from first, first principles. And I guess one of the, one of the things that um, I looked at was, Sort of other people in the in this world that have come to the conclusion that we need a new form of medicine and what that form of medicine might be, and the other area that I'm really interested in is, is Silicon Valley and technology. And you know, they if you go to say like the Future Med conference that Dan Kraft puts on um, uh, with Singularity University, they'll talk about a need for P4 medicine, <clears throat> which is uh, a, a, a term coined by this guy called Dr. Lee Hood. And P4 medicine says it needs to be preventive, predictive, personalized, and participatory. And, you know, those four Ps would hopefully give people an idea of the kind of medicine that we're talking about, something that predicts the future of disease, something that then pre prevents that disease, something that's personalized to you rather than the best for sort of like the average human. But the fourth P, I think, is the most interesting, which is participatory. And in this new medical system, whether you call it functional medicine, naturopathic medicine, or P4 medicine or otherwise, the biggest thing that's changed, Lauren, is, is there's a shift in who the most important person is in a medical relationship. And forever it was the doctor, because the doctor had the bag of drugs, the doctor had the knife, and they were the ones that could save you if you needed saving, particularly from acute disease. If you get hit by a truck, you don't want to be in charge. You want the doctor to be in charge. However, if you have type 2 diabetes, you really don't want the doctor to be in charge because the doctor cannot reverse your type 2 diabetes, but you can if you're in charge and if you take responsibility for it and if you do the things every day to keep you healthy, you can reverse your type 2 diabetes. It's happening. It's happening on TV. It's happening in studies and they're, you know, seeing it done. So, you know, there's a fundamental shift in the most important person in the relationship. And, you know, what I loved about functional medicine was that to me, is the quickest way to scale up P4 medicine. If you want a predictive, preventive, participatory medical system, like not just at some time in the future that we hope, like in three years, how would you do it? Mm -hmm. And I think the most, you know, functional medicine has going for it a few things. One is a, 
is a great momentum with it starting to be in the Cleveland Clinic and being taken seriously in a way that integrative medicine and naturopathic medicine is not. And then two, that it has a reproducible system for training new doctors. Um, so that's, you know, those, those are a couple of the reasons why we singled out functional medicine as, you know, we have the show, the functional forum and, you know, why our strategy for changing medicine really revolves around reducing the barriers to entry to any kind of doctor or health professional to find out about functional medicine so that we can build, um, you know, this network of providers. It's, it's so vital. And, and like you said, seven, it's estimated 70 to 90% of the healthcare costs in our country are, are spent on chronic or preventable diseases. And I've, I've said for years that I see naturopathic medicine as the answer to healthcare crisis because that's where we shine is preventing diseases. And we could save this country billions or trillions of dollars. And I would also extend that to functional medicine doctors as well. We're all doing the work to get to the root of the problem and to guide patients to getting better. But the problem, as, as you talk about in your book, is that it can be quite expensive, right? So not everyone can afford at, right now with how it currently is set up to see a naturopathic doctor. I mean, part of why I do this podcast is because it's a free service and it reaches thousands and thousands of people. And it's a way that I can really spread this message. But I would love to take every person listening and let them be a patient and really get to the root of their issues. So how can we make this where it's actually accessible for people and not for the rich? Well, yeah, well, absolutely. Well, that's, that's the key thing. And, but with any, with any new invention or with anything, look at your phone, right? Look at the smartphone or, or the, the cell phone, right? Back in the eighties, it was big, it was clunky and only rich people could afford it. And now that everyone has a smartphone. So you know, that's the way that things happen is, first of all, it's for the rich, and then it gets organized and systematized, and then it's available for everyone. So we're on the same trajectory and path. I would just, you know, say one thing, Lauren, is that it's not expensive. Like, I, it, there's an illusion of expense for naturopathic and functional medicine that's created by the fact that you have to pay for it directly. But I would argue that, you know, that the opposite is typically way more expensive, like, if you have an autoimmune disease and you're taking Humira, that's $40,000 a year. Now, you may not be paying that whole $40,000 because you, you only have to pay the copay, but someone's paying that. Yeah. The insurance company is paying that. You know, a colostomy bag is expensive. $10,000 per person per year is expensive. $3.3 trillion is expensive. You know, functional medicine, a few supplements and a few labs here and there is not expensive. But the illusion of expense is created by the fact that you pay for it directly and not through like this crazy third party payer system where everything's very opaque and you can't work out, you know, what costs what and you're not, you're cost blind to the whole thing. You just pay your insurance premium and then you just submit everything else to insurance and it magically goes away. So, you know, I do want to just sort of bring you up on the fact that it's not expensive. It just seems to be expensive. Mm -hmm. And so obviously there's a couple of things. One, we need to either A, convince the system to pay for you know for this so that it's included or to create a system of delivery of the same care that is not expensive and so you know that that i i'm hesitant to kind of just go all in on trying to make insurance pay for it because i think the insurance system is broken anyway Mm -hmm. and to give you an example like i think the insurance companies know that for a lot of these diseases this is this is a cheaper way of doing it but the problem is insurance companies are one, a few, uh, 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 typically publicly traded companies, and two, public, they make their money by having the premiums be higher, by like having the cost be higher. It, you think insurance makes more money by saving you money because they would save the money they have to pay out, 
But insurance is a cost plus business. So it's like, you know, if they're, if they're, if their cost of delivering the care, let's say that, you know, your cost of the, it, they want to make the cost go up. Pharmaceutical hospitals and insurance, the three big players in medicine all want the cost to go up. Insurance doesn't constrain the cost at all. But however, we're moving to an era where there's going to be more, um, you know, uh, need for cost constraints. So part of the Obamacare plan, I don't know if that's going to move forward at this point, mm-hmm. but is to move towards um, outcomes-based payments. So rather than paying a cardiologist for doing every stent, they'll give a cardiology group a patient, you know, if their cost $10,000 a year, they'll give them $40,000 for the next five years and say, okay, you take care of this patient and there's no more money, but you just have to take care of them. And that's when being able to do functional medicine and get to the root cause will pay for itself in space. So there's I mean, all I'm saying is that there's a lot of things that are moving in our direction where this could actually be available for every person, whether it's the, the way that insurance companies and the reimbursement is moving, whether it's the way that, you know, everyone's health insurance premiums are skyrocketing. And so, you know, you have, everyone has these high deductible plans now. So unless you meet your deductible, you're pretty much paying cash anyway. Mm-hmm. So why not pay a naturopathic doctor cash versus your primary care doctor who more than likely is just going to ship you off to a specialist anyway, you're going to be paying cash in that situation up until you meet your deductible anyway. Yeah. So I think yeah. there's enough things that are happening in the medical system that will push functional integrated medicine forward that we're, we're, not, we're sort of hedging our bets. In one way, you know, looking at the bigger picture and looking at insurance companies and saying, hey, is there some opportunity to, to play with these guys? We started our own affordable alternative to health insurance uh, last year. Um, and this year, you know, but this year we're also thinking, okay, how can this actually be delivered to every patient? And I guess one example I want to give Lauren as how this can be delivered to every patient is, is Terry Walls. You know who I'm talking yeah. about, right? Yeah, she was a, a guest Dr. on the show a few, a few months ago. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Terry Walls is incredible. And, you know, she had her own amazing story. She was banned from speaking about MS in the MS society because she was giving people false hope at the beginning because they didn't think it was scientific. And now she's reproducing her results scientifically at the VA. So she's showing that she's not just a flash in the pan. You can reproduce the kind of results that she got if you stick to the the diet and so forth. But the way that she's delivering it, Lauren, is through these groups. So like instead of having one person being seen individually by the doctor, you actually have a group of people being seen together. And she says there's so much peer-to-peer value. There's so much value that's um, created when you put a group of people who are suffering with the same chronic disease in a group together and treat them as a group. The peer-to-peer support that they provide is so valuable that even if she had the resources to treat everyone individually, she would still do it as a group. And so here you start to see, okay, are there ways of delivering this kind of care that is going to make it affordable to everyone. Because if you're seeing 16 people at a time with one doctor, you can see that you could probably do that for 20 bucks because, you know, the doctor can still get paid well, you know, amongst the 16 patients, but you can make it available. So in the book, what we tried to do is to showcase some of the strategies that are, um, that functional medicine doctors are using to make this kind of care available to, to the end user, um, you know, either through insurance like Dr. Dean Ornish or through cash, but more innovative, like group visit, you know, provider teams, technology, a lot of people using things like telemedicine. Mm-hmm. So you don't need, you don't need such a fancy office 
um, to if you're only if you're seeing three quarters of your patients via telemedicine. So you know, we basically in the book just the first half of the book was to encourage doctors or to try and convince doctors that they need to be practicing functional medicine. And then two, the second half of the book is really sharing some of the best practices that we've seen from the functional medicine community to be able to make this kind of care accessible to everyone, no matter how much money they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I would really urge anyone listening who maybe you see a conventional doctor who you love, but you'd really love for them to maybe move in the direction of more of functional medicine. So that's an amazing gift to give your doctor, get them this book and say, Hey, I love you. I would really like to keep seeing you, but this is where medicine's headed. And I would really appreciate if you would check this out. I mean, I think that's a good um, indicator of a good doctor being open-minded like that. Totally. Yeah. No, of course. And and hopefully just by having the opportunity to write the book in the order that I did, I'm able to make the argument in the order that I wanted to make it. Right. And by far the most satisfying piece of this whole thing, Lauren, is, is hearing from doctors who are like, I was really skeptical, but I read your book and now I'm into it. How do I get started? Yeah. You know, that was, that's an amazing outcome and really just just something that I could never have expected, but something that, you know, that, that, um, been really heartwarming because that was really the purpose of the book. (laughs) And I, yeah. And I love that you're very respectful and you give a lot of love to all kinds of doctors, because the thing is we go into this medicine because we want to help people, you know, and even if you're even conventional docs, I have a lot of friends who are, who are in the conventional medical system and they got into it because they really wanted to help people. And nowadays they hate their job. (laughs) You know, it's just not the system that they want. It's not the doctor. It's the system. That's the problem. So giving them the respect that's due that they really got into this to the right reason. It's just a broken system. So, and it reminds me, even, even my dog, Dinah, taking her to the vet, it was such an eye opener for me because I had been taking her to, you know, this conventional vet office downstairs and you just pay, you know, I think it's a certain set amount every month. She has like a certain health plan. It was kind of like having her own insurance and I never got any answers for her that kept bringing her in. She was having all these issues and never got answers. And yet I kept spending more and more money. And finally I just said, you know, I'm done with this. I took her to a holistic vet. Yes, it was more money up front, but after one or two visits, she was good to go. And I haven't had to take her back again. So it's just about where are you spending your money? Like you said, even in the, in the conventional medical world with insurance, you're going to be spending money. Someone's paying for that and it's coming out of your tax dollars. And and like you said, with your insurance premium. So it's in in the same thing. It's either like, you know, going and buying food at the farmer's market, spending more money up front for your nutrition versus paying less amount and getting, you know, fast food, someone's still paying for that. It's just being subsidized by the government. So it's just where this money is being allocated. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I want to hit on something you said there, Lauren, which is like that doctors don't really like their jobs because that's actually the biggest point in the book. So the two things that I, the two biggest issues in medicine that I bring out in the book, the first is the cost of chronic disease. But the second is the chronic unhappiness of doctors. And whether you look at it through the lens of just like the percentage, I think it's like 83% of doctors are, you know, frustrated with some part of the delivery of medicine. Um, 63% thinking of quitting medicine at some point soon because of that. And then if you look at it through another lens, you have this, uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Pamela Weibel, did this amazing TED Med talk last year on physician suicide. And if you add up, the number of doctors that committed suicide last year and you multiply it by their patient base, that's a million people each year that are losing their doctor to suicide. 
So something is definitely wrong in that world too. So like now we're looking at, okay, this is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. And, but what I hopefully used in the book is like, here's a jumping off point because you know what? I have yet to meet a doctor who's doing functional medicine who doesn't love their job. Yeah. That's the, that's the other side of it is that when you get yourself in a position where you can spend time with patients, where you can uncover the root of disease. I mean, this is what people thought they were going to be doing when they went through medical school. And if you can put them back in touch with that, particularly women, you know, 75% of, of um, functional medicine patients are women and 75% of functional medicine doctors are women. And I think there's a real connection people have to their work. And when they get themselves in a position where they do have the time to spend time with patients and they are, you know, getting to the root of issues and seeing people get off drugs and seeing people live a vibrant life uh, off of medication, that is extremely satisfying. And so what you see, uh, this is a big part of my book, is like here, if you're frustrated with medicine, look at this other world where everyone enjoys their job and is happy, and that is available to you. You know, so much of functional medicine in the first era was all about the celebrity doctor, someone like Mark Hyman, right? Mark right. Hyman is amazing. He's doing incredible stuff at the Cleveland Clinic. But I think a lot of doctors look at him and go, like, there's no way I could do that. This guy's, like, superhuman. Right. <laughs> Whereas what I was, the, you know, the energy that I was trying to develop from the book was, like, you know, the people that I featured in the book were kind of more everyman examples, just regular doctors who yeah. made the switch and are now happy. And because I wanted doctors to read it and go like, yeah, I could do that. I want to do that. That's me. Not just like, oh, Mark Hyman's going to take care of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, it's really cool. I looked up some statistics about naturopathic doctors specifically and saw some, some really interesting stats that 98% of naturopathic doctors are satisfied in their career. And Specifically, 78% of them are not only satisfied, but they actually said they love their work. And only 1.7% of all NDs who responded said that they were dissatisfied with their work. So that's some good, good data showing that, you know, the way that yeah. it's structured, it's, you know, we, we get people healthy and we get to really love our job too. Totally. Now, I honestly think like if you're, if you're in medical school right now or if you're like pre-med, I think that going through a naturopathic program is probably the quickest way to get you to be the kind of doctor that I'm talking about. Yeah. But I, you know, so I, I'm, I'm excited about that. But I, but I do think there is something really important, I think, in, in functional medicine, which, which is this, this common language, because the, the strength of our community will be determined by, by, and the strength of this movement will be like how well we communicate with everyone else in the community. And so when you're starting to develop like provider teams, like uh, a doctor and a health coach or a doctor and a dietitian or a doctor and a nurse practitioner and two health coaches and three dietitians, like <clears throat> these kind of provider teams that I think are the future. Dean Ornish has shown that definitely the future of cardiology. I think they're going to be the future of psychiatry, neurology and all of these different areas. So, you know, if we have these people working together, how do we you know, how do we have a common language that all these providers can speak together? Yeah. And, you know, we're just at the beginning of that process. We need 100,000 of these practices. We've probably got about 20,000 right now. You know, how do we scale up and have everyone speak the same language? I really feel there's something inside the functional medicine operating system with the timeline and the matrix that could be, um, you know, a generation one communication tool where, you know, if you have someone do the intake for a patient and they lay out their chart essentially visually with the, fun, you know, the functional medicine timeline and matrix. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that 
is something where you could then give it to another doctor who's trained in functional medicine or a health coach who's trained in functional medicine or a naturopathic doctor who's trained in functional medicine. Right. And within like 10 seconds, you could look at that chart and go, okay, I know who this person is. I see what's going on here. Yes. And, you know, I think that's really important. And the other thing is that there's technologies now arriving where you could have all of these practices um, could, uh, sort of uh, um, doing this whole intake process digitally and, and capturing data in the same um, way, which is really important because at the end of the day, we're going to have to prove that the outcomes are better, better outcomes at lower cost. I believe they are. And every doctor that I've spoken to that's delivering this care believes they are. From your example that you just shared a minute ago with your dog, you can see that they are, right? It's like yeah. lifetime dependency on medication versus a little bit of change in lifestyle and no more medication forever. Like that's obviously better outcomes at lower cost because the medication is expensive. So how do we prove that? Well, we have to, you know, we have to track outcomes in the same way. We have to track outcomes across clinics in the same way and show that, you know, if a patient comes in with type 2 diabetes and we do these, these inputs, we're going to get this output, which is reversal of diabetes. Like, and I think that that is, you know, happening all around the country, but it's not, it's happening inside patient files that are mainly based in paper that don't get communicated to everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so that's part of the next step of our vision is to really get people communicating through the same language. And I really feel like functional medicine is the best that we have at this moment. It might not be the best ever, but it's the best that we have right now. Well, yes, exactly. So it's about having it in a, in a, like you said, a reproducible system and, and to where it's, it's something where conventional docs can get that training, implement some of these principles in their practice. And, and I, I'd love to, to, to have you speak on, uh, just the whole topic of like flex spending, healthcare savings accounts. This is something a lot of people don't know about. Um, so can you give us a little bit about that? What are those? And is this something that maybe people should start doing if they're not already doing it? Yeah, definitely. And it's only going to be more popular in a Trump presidency. So you should, if you're not, if you haven't thought about it now, you should start thinking about it because this is the way that Trump wants to go with his health policy. And part of the reason why I wasn't too bummed about the, uh, the election as far as healthcare goes is I feel that integrative and functional medicine is going to be good, was going to be good if Hillary won and is going to be good now that Trump has won because ultimately, uh, you know, better outcomes at lower cost for chronic diseases is a winning combination no matter who's running the show. So the thing about these health health expenditure um, is essentially you can, you know, rather than you, you can essentially build up a bank account essentially of, of your own money that's tax deductible that you can use for health spending. And if you have that bank account, it's pretty much like a debit card. You can use that for qualified health expenditures. And the list of qualified health expenditures is a lot more, wide essentially um you know if you're spending your own money so typically you can use the hsa for um appointments with providers um if you and the cool thing is if you start um paying cash for stuff this is another thing that we're, we're looking to take on with like lab testing is that if you actually pay cash for stuff you can normally get the prices to be like you know sometimes half or even less mm. of the kind of the amount that they would charge insurance so you know, you have a C-reactive protein test and you're, they charge your insurance $99, but then you find out that, you know, if you go directly to the lab, you can get it for $10. Right. You know, it, it, it's crazy the way it works out, but that is happening all the time. So one of the things we're looking to bring together in 2017 is sort of a very clear um, and transparent pricing for all the labs. 
Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you, so, so, so I would say, you know, having a health savings account is a good idea and it gives you flexibility in how you spend your money. And in, in certain circumstances, you can also spend it on things like supplements and, and, and even healthy foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so at this point, let's, let's talk about just actionable kind of stuff that I have a, a lot of, uh, there's a big variety of listeners I have. I have medical students. I have already practicing doctors listening. So I know that's a a big audience that you speak to. And also, obviously, I have a lot of just public who listen. So let's kind of break those down into two different groups. So for doctors or medical students who are listening, what are some things that you recommend that they can do, you know, moving forward? I mean, for that population, I would say read the book. I mean, I don't think for the general population, it's going to be interesting for you to read the book, but the book was written for medical professionals. So I'd say if you're listening to this, you know, read the book. You can read, if you go to Amazon and you look up the book, you can read the first, you can read the synopsis at the beginning of the book for free. So just read it. And if it doesn't turn you on, don't buy it. But if it does, read it, get it, read the book. And for patients, you know, you can give your health professionals a copy of the book. Or, you know, the the, the key thing I think is, and the, the key thing that I see more and more, Lauren, is, I'm not, I'm not a health professional. I shouldn't be telling you how to be healthy. That's not my job. That's your job. Um, but mm-hmm. what I would say, you know, the biggest thing that I've seen is, is the healthiest thing that you could do is to build a community of people around you who are also interested in being healthy because you guys together will work out how to, you know, group buy to save money on healthy food. You will, you know, work out who the good practitioners are locally. I think the best advice that I've, I, I could give to anyone who's really interested in taking control of their health is to use the internet to find other people locally to meet up with physically and get together to talk about staying healthy, being healthy, what's healthy or otherwise. I think you get so much value from a, a peer support group of your, of your peers um, that are interested in the same things as you and that'll help you with um, being accountable. Uh, it'll help you with, you know, finding the right tools and strategies for you. And then obviously finding a functional medicine doctor to take care of your health. The truth is, and the sort of elephant in the room is, there's not enough to go around. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. But in the meantime, um, there's lots of things that you can do to be proactive about your health. Remember, in the functional medicine model, the most important person is the patient. And the patient is really determining how healthy they get. So you can practice that today. Yeah, for sure. And so I've mentioned on the show, if you want to find a naturopathic doctor, you can go over to naturopathic.org. And then what about for people who want to find a functional medicine doctor? How can they do that? Yeah, functionalmedicine.org, same kind of thing. We've got a practitioner finder. Over a million people search for a practitioner this year already on functionalmedicine.org, so people are looking for it. Um, it's not the easiest site to use, and, 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 and honestly, this is something that, again, we're trying to just continue to improve. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're looking to build this system, this new primary care network based on the naturopathic profession, the functional medicine profession. And so, you know, we're going to continue to build that. Um, but I would just say until now, you know, until then, you're just going to have to be a little sleuthy and, and look for doctors. You know, if you want to call the ones that are on in functionalmedicine.org, you know, you can always, you might be able to find other people closer. Um, but yeah, there's, there's more popping up every day. More and more doctors are moving in this direction. There's some statistics that, that I've seen that, you know, just show just how quickly the numbers are growing. So hold steady. There's one coming to you very soon. And so for practitioners listening, how can they listen to the functional forum? Where can they find that? 
Yeah, so functionalforum.com. Um, if you go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash functionalforum, you can watch all of our old episodes. Uh, it's all there for free forever. Um, and functionalforum.com, you can sign up for the next one. It's the first Monday of every month. In 2017, we are going after each um, different type of specialty. So we're going to do the evolution of oncology and psychiatry and uh, neurology and primary care. So, you know, watch out for, for that coming in 2017. But we've got all of the old episodes. We've had incredible speakers on. Uh, you can go onto the YouTube channel and find topics that are interesting to you. So, yeah, please, uh, please do. And we, we just put those all online for free just to make it easy for people to, you know, to re just reduce the barrier to entry to any health professional to find out about functional medicine. Yeah. Well, James, I just want to take a moment and just thank you so much for the work you're doing. As, as a doctor, I feel very taken care of by you. You're really looking out for us and looking out for just the health of, you know, the health of the world, but of course of, of the U.S. and we really need it. So I just, you know, it takes a lot of courage to take this on and, you know, just really um, just acknowledge you for the work that you're doing because it's massively important. And, you know, any way that I can be a support, I'm here. So, so thank you so much. Thanks, Lauren. Great to be on the radio. And, uh, yeah, keep up the good work. And, you know, look, it's going to take a team of people. You know, what's really exciting is you see, you know, I, I start to see, like, you, you're really affecting the demand for this care. You know, the podcast like this, Tom um, O'Brien's recent thing, Betrayal, like we've yeah. had – dozens and dozens and dozens of people coming to us because of that show saying, Hey, how do I get started? What do I do? I'm interested in this now. I saw this thing. So you've got all these people like yourself, Tom and, and hundreds of others who we all know, you know, driving the demand, getting people interested in having this kind of care. You know, we're still trying to work on the supply. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, we're coming to a point in the future where the demand and the supply are going to meet and we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. So it's going to take a village to make the whole thing work. And just, yeah, I appreciate the work that you're doing to, you know, to get people excited about a new way of taking care of their health. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. I'm giving you a big virtual hug and um, enjoy the rest of your time with your family up in Sacramento. And I'm sure I'll see you real soon. Have an awesome rest of your Thanks, day. Lauren. Your family. Thanks, All right. Take care. All right. All right, you guys, that is our show for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us for this discussion. I think one that's very important and just anything we can do to, to educate ourselves, inform ourselves, you know, I think there's a balance. It's important to guard yourself from negative things, but there's also something that's important about being aware and not having blinders on, you know, we got to be able to know it's going on in our surroundings. And I think this, this topic is really important to educate ourselves around. So thanks for sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed the show and have a great rest of your week guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends and please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love, and I'll talk to you soon.
North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. This is your wallet. I've got my hands full with your credit cards, ID, and that Froyo loyalty card. So I was thrilled to learn about the new digital wallet in the Giant Eagle app. It'll let you store, manage, and spend all your gift cards right from your phone. E-gift cards you buy from Giant Eagle and Getco will load automatically. And you can even transfer plastic gift cards there, too. Download the Giant Eagle app and start using the digital wallet today. Visit GiantEagle.com backslash wallet for details.